Thank you, Brother James and team, and thank you, church, for allowing me the privilege to be out last week. Uh, I was in church at uh, First Baptist Church Rogers. Uh, yes, there were tears in my eyes as I baptized our middle grandson, Preston. What a special time uh, in the life of a pastor. I've got uh, six above-average grandchildren. And I know you, you realize that four of them have already made their decision, and I've had the great privilege of baptizing all four. And uh, I just want to say thank you to you uh, for that privilege of letting me go. I know some of you have already mentioned you're going to be out uh, next Sunday because uh, you're going to a baptism of your grandkids. And boy, family so special, and they need to know that uh, we love Jesus and we want them. It's so good to see you. Uh, and so good to be back. So good to see Brother John and, and glad to have him with us today. And God bless you, sir. We're praying for you and praying for all of those of you. I think there may be some that are watching us online. Is that still correct? So we're live online and we want you to know that we love you and are praying for you. And uh, just hope that you can get back with us. I understand sometimes you can't. Uh, there are just extreme circumstances that pro prohibit you from coming. But now I'm going to tell you, if you're going to a ball game and you're going deer hunting and you're going to the malls and you're going all that other words, uh, I'd hate to meet my Jesus face to face and say I miss church. I just, that's just me, okay? So uh, if that hits you where you don't like it, well, you don't have to like me, but you've got to love Jesus and he loves you. And I hope that you can be back and join together with us. So what a privilege to be with you. If you have your copy of God's Word, this is one of those sermons... That's a long, 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 long sermon. So I broke it up in two parts. You can go ahead and say, Phew. we'll talk part of it this Sunday, and then next Sunday, Lord willing, I'll be back and we'll talk the other parts. Found in Matthew chapter 6. Hope that you'll take your copy of God's Word and that you'll begin reading with us in verse 5 here in just a second. We're going to be talking about how we communicate with God, our commitment to prayer. Obviously, we know the disciples of Jesus asked Him to teach them how to pray. We talk a great deal about prayer, and we need to talk about prayer. Uh, but oh, how we need to allow ourselves the privilege to talk to Jesus. Now, I love to talk to folks. I love to talk to my grandkids, and they're getting to where most of them can uh, talk back, and I can understand them. The, the two-year-old, I'm still struggling a little bit. And, and so, but, uh, you know, sometimes we struggle. How do we communicate with God? Uh, let me just tell you, open your heart and allow the Spirit to move you. And you can tell Him anything at any time what He wants is for us to talk to Him. And then He wants us to communicate back. Uh, he wants me to be kind of like my grandkids uh, tell me, say, Paul, Daddy, you got one tongue, but you got two ears. And so you need to listen to us twice as much. And we need to listen to God about 20 times as much as we talk. So I, I pray that you'll do that. Stand with me if you're able as we read God's Word out of reverence of His Word. Matthew chapter 6, uh, it tells us beginning in verse 5, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. They love to stay, pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they already have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, 
Now, I struggle with that. Do you, do you see yourself saying the same words over and over and over to God? It's almost, uh, we've got to be careful not to do that. He says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, don't be like them. Your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, have, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for teaching us how to communicate with you. Lord, we know that you're always, always available to us. You know everything about us. You know what we need. You know what we desire. And Lord, you give us so many, many wonderful blessings. The evidence of your goodness, as we've sung a second ago, is all over us, all around us. And Lord, we're so blessed. And I just pray today that, Father, as we study your word, your Holy Spirit would speak to us individually, that we might talk to you and listen to you. And, Father, that your Holy Spirit would meet every need in our lives. And we know it will. It won't be everything that we ask for, Lord, sometimes we don't know how to ask and we we ask for things that we don't need, and we thank you that you love us so much. You don't give us those things. But, Lord, you give us the many, many blessings that we need. So help us, Lord, today to study your word, to listen as you speak to us, and help us to do everything that we say and do to please you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We begin by saying, Our Father. That's a, that's a great thing. Uh, I don't know about your earthly father. I hope that you have a wonderful earthly father. I was privileged to have a, an awesome dad that loved the Lord and took me to church. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was a druggie. He would drag me to church whether or not I got there. Uh, after I surrendered to the ministry, he began talking to me about my personal life, what I would do on Saturday. And he would say, Bob, it's very important what you do on Saturday that you don't become too tired to serve the Lord on Sunday if He's calling you to preach. And I've never forgotten that. Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't do things on Saturday. I, I do. But I always want to be understanding that God has called me physically. He's called me emotionally. He's called me spiritually and mentally uh, to serve Him. And so Sunday is an important thing. He is my Father. Uh, my earthly father was great, but God is so much greater than that. Uh, I have friends that, that don't have that privilege. They didn't have a, a good earthly dad, if you will. And I have friends like you do that, that sometimes will say, I don't want to be like my father. I want to break that habit. I want to, I want to be a good man to my, to my family and to my spouse. And I want to be a spiritual leader in my home. And I think the Bible teaches us all of that. So when we begin saying, Our Father, that, that is something that is, is high and, and holy, even before He says holy. Uh, God is acknowledging, we're acknowledging that He is our Father, that we are His children. There is something that says we belong together. There's a relationship there. For some people that don't know Jesus Christ, they don't have that relationship. They may say these words, but they don't have the Abba Father mentality, Abba Daddy mentality that this begins to teach us. There, there's a relationship 
with God. And that is most important in our life. No other relationship is more important than that relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, led by the Holy Spirit. He's our Father. And then we acknowledge His character, holy, hallowed is your character, is your name. We shouldn't take your name in vain. We shouldn't allow that to be part of our culture or part of our language. Oh, Satan wants us to do that. and We're seeing our culture moving in that way in a strong way. But we acknowledge that God's name, our Father, and He's already up in heaven. He's, he's already said for us where the destination He wants for all mankind. He wants us all to come to knowledge of Jesus Christ, to be saved from our sins, and to be in heaven with Him. Our Father in heaven, oh, you're holy. We have no right to come to you except that you love us, and you died for us, and you want us. And so we acknowledge as well your will when we say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now we know very quickly that the things on this earth are not as good as they're going to be in in heaven. Heaven's going to be so much better. It's going to be so much greater. Uh, There's going to be rain every day and sunshine every day and it's going to be the perfect measure. There's going to be perfect joy, perfect comfort. We're not going to have sin. We're not going to have disease. We're not going to have anything to bother us. The the piece of chicken for us Baptist preachers is going to be this big, if you will. It's just going to be awesome. Everything's going to be great. And And today's greatness, tomorrow's going to be even better. And I can't understand all of that in my little feeble mind, but, but God in heaven has a plan for us and he, he wants His kingdom to come as much as it can here on earth so that when we get to heaven, we're not surprised at how wonderful heaven is. But He still knows we're struggling on earth. He still knows there's sin abounds. And He still loves us. And He still wants His children to develop and help other people to become His children. Other than that, He'd just beam us up to heaven. Be over. One of these days, it's going to be. I talked to my mom this week several times, and she's 94. She lives through the 14th of November. She'll be 95, and she was telling me, my days on earth may be numbered. And I thought, well, they may, they may not be, Mom. You may live for a long, long time. We don't know that. And she says, but I'm looking forward to heaven more than I ever have in my life. And I thought about that. I thought, well, is she just wanting to leave us? No. She just knows there's something greater out there. And, I, and that's me. I mean, I know if, if something happens, that there's a greater place. Two times in these first two little verses here, we've understood that God's stated plan for all mankind is to not live on this earth forever, but is to pass through the valley of the shadow of no death and and to be instantly with Him in heaven. So we don't have to be afraid of what is coming in the future because we know God's got it controlled. What a great, wonderful thing. We could talk about that for a long time, couldn't we? 
Our Father, you're up in heaven. You see everything. Lord, you're holy. There is nothing sinful about you. There is nothing wrong about you. Your wisdom is beyond our understanding. Your comfort is beyond our comparison. Everything about you, God, everything calls you to be God. And for all of the gods in all of the world, you're the only one. You're the only true one. Other ones we've conjured up, we've made them out of wood, we've made them out of stone. You read in the Old Testament things that they put together and then worship. Different people that worship frogs and lions and bears and whatever. But God, you're the true, true God. And so we get to the second part and, and we say, give us. Now we're getting down to the humanness of us. Give us. How many times in Bob Harper's prayer does it begin and quickly move to the give us part? Lord, you know it's been dry. We need some rain. Give us some rain. Lord, you know I didn't study for that test. So I need you to give me the answers and get me through this one. Lord, you know that policeman just pulled me over. You know, I didn't mean to be doing 95 on this 35 mile an hour limit, but, but here I am. Give us the humanness that we have. But let me encourage us to understand that that giving us is not just a human point of view, but that humanness has some things. It's a, it's a commitment to our Father for stewardship. Lord, what you give us, we're to be good managers. We're to be good stewards of. You're the source of, of all of our income. You're the source of all that we need. Our, our firm, our factory, our, our whatever could not give us financial bread if you, Lord, didn't make that possible. So everything that we have, our, our jobs, our our skill set, if you will, our wisdom, we're to be good stewards for that. Now, I'm grateful that Brother James lets me sing. I'm grateful that I have a microphone on. It would be a horrible insult to you if they were to turn that microphone on and you were to hear me over Brother James singing. That's not my gift. But I love to sing. And so I just sing, and every once in a while, y'all get on the same note that I'm on, and we're all good. But I love to make a joyful noise to the Lord. God has given all of us different gifts, different abilities. He's the owner of all that we have. Psalm, Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The wisest one of us cannot create a loaf of bread. We can't do it on our own. We, we can talk about different things. If God ceased to give us what we really need, earthly as well as emotionally as well as spiritually, we'd just simply cease to exist. Some of our worst days is when we say, God, give us a good day, and then we're not grateful for it because something happens. Oh, this day is a horrible day. No, it's really not. It's just a challenging day. God may be trying to help us to grow spiritually as His children. 
He isn't a merchant selling us things, just saying, here, you, you need all this stuff. Even though I would dare say if we really got down to it and we each sat down and talked about all the blessings as far as human people on the face of the earth, we are some of the most blessed in all the world. If you don't believe that, you just need to go to some of these other countries and realize what some of these other people have. I'll never forget going to Haiti one time and after the, the uh, earthquake there and the people had walked into this place, there was one tree that was kind of standing in, a, in an area. Uh, there was rubble all around. People were sitting on five-gallon buckets if they had them. Uh, many of them had come over from the United States and other places, but they were sitting on five-gallon buckets. They didn't have pews, didn't have lights, didn't have air conditioning. They'd been sitting there for a long time when we Americans showed up to worship with them. Uh, they sang songs from their heart. They, they realized how much God had blessed them. And, and when I got back to our church and I started seeing people look at their watch saying, hey, it's about time for you to quit, I want to reach out and slap them in the name of Jesus. These people have been walking, many of them for hours, without water, without food, just maybe having a five-gallon bucket. Many of the, the older ladies were, both of them sitting on a five-gallon bucket. That's the best they could do. And then we're fussing. God says, pray, give us our daily bread. There's an old illustration, and I think it's very true. I've never seen a U-Haul following a hearst. All this stuff that you and I have in our lives, in our homes, in our closets, in our barns, in our storage units, it's going to be somebody else's one day. You're not taking that with you into eternity. It's somebody else's. And yet God has blessed us beyond measure. When we get it straight in our minds, what he's talking about here, there's another issue that I just want to kind of mention to us that, that we think about. When we get it straight in our mind, what he's saying to us, who he is, where he is, what he wants, and we say, give us, there's, there's no issue of tithing. That's a joy. It's not a challenge. It's not a punishment. It's God, you've given us all of this and you're only asking for a, a small part of it back. I don't want to be legalistic about it. I don't want to just say, well, I've got to give a tenth even though God knows our earthliness. He, he gives us a pattern, but He says, you, you need to give back to me. One of the greatest joys of us as children is be able to give back to our parents more than they have given to us. When I think of my mom and all the many things that she's done for me and some of the earthly needs that she has now and are taking care of her physical needs and other needs, I just realize how special that is. And the other morning, I was sitting there reading the Bible with her. And she said, thank you for reading the Bible to me. Now, Mother's been in church all her life. But Mother's earthly eyes are no longer functioning like they should and she can't read the Bible. And we read in Jeremiah some of those passages where those people had messed up so much and he was talking about it. And she said, whew, they need to learn better. We got over to Timothy and 
he was talking about how blessed we are and God and knowing Jesus and, and all that. And she said, oh, it's getting better. We got some and we read some in the Psalms. And she said, what a wonderful day it's going to be. Give us this day as a call to stewardship. It's a call to giving back to the Lord. So I, wanna, I just want to hit that for you. As you give back to God, and as you think about it, never ask God how little you can get by with. Because He might just ask you how little you can be blessed with. God blesses us beyond that, no matter what it is. I'll, I'll never forget eating lunch one time, and I was in seminary, and there was this, this couple, and they were in a, a very meager house. We, they had, everything was nice and clean, and they had one light bulb hanging right over the kitchen table late in the evening. And we had vegetables and we had all this kind of stuff. And the gentleman told me how much money they had made that last year. And I thought, wow, how in the world are you getting by? How do you even keep that light bulb on? And then he told me what he had given to the Lord out of that money. It was like over 50% of that. And he said, but you know, God's allowed me the privilege to raise a pig and raise a cow and I raise a garden. And he said, We've, all of this stuff came from what God has already blessed me with. So I don't need money. I need to give it back to people that do. Wow. You see what God's saying to us? God gives us resources for us to manage as we prove we're good managers. Now, some of us are not good gardeners and farmers and all of that, so we have to do different things. But I'm just saying, don't, don't let Satan get you to be greedy with what you've got. God loves a generous giver, not just with our finances, but with our time, with our emotions, with our actions. Always remember that He gives us everything we need. And if we'll cooperate with God, it'd be good to pray for a good crop and not do anything. Well, that doesn't work. God intends for us to work. He tells us if we don't work, we shouldn't eat. He says that he'll help us. Exodus 16, God provided manna, but the people had to go out and gather it in. If you want to have all you need, just continue to remember who it is that's giving it to you, why he is giving it to you, and that you're to be a good steward of it. And as the more you bless God, the more things that you won't need, but you may have that you can use for his kingdom. Commitment to stewardship. Commitment against selfishness. This is what he says. Give us... Our, not me, mine. Give us our daily bread. It's commitment against selfishness. We're not to pray, give me this day just my bread. We're to pray for others as well. Do you pray when the Razorbacks win, uh, that, that they'll win and, and BYU will lose? Sometimes. Be honest. We pray this will happen. We pray that will happen. We pray that we'll beat this person to the to the restaurant, or this person will, will get more than they do. That's not what God is saying to us. He is saying, give us this day our... It's a commitment against selfishness. If we're envious or jealous of other people and what they have, we're, we're allowing Satan to get in there. Jesus looked at Peter... When John was there and Peter was struggling and he said, listen, Peter, if I want him to remain alive until I return, you follow me. You do what I want you to do. You feed my sheep. 
give us this day. So we're to pray for other people, other people that are hungry. I can remember praying, dear Lord, let somebody else have these turnip greens and poke salad and them kids over in Africa, they're welcome to buy liver and onions, you know. That's not, that's a selfish prayer. Lord, help them to eat. Help them to be blessed as I am. God's abundance cannot be contained any more than God can be contained. You remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man had a commitment. He was supposed to be a good steward of taking care of that beggar that was at his gate. And yet he, he failed and then things switched all around for him and he was begging Lazarus to go and tell his brothers, hey, I, I should have had a right relationship with God. When we live to ourselves, you'll never have enough. When you're selfish, you'll never be satisfied. But when you are satisfied, you don't have to be selfish because you know God has given you all that we need. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're making a commitment to being a good steward, a good manager. And we're making a commitment to not being selfish. And we're making a commitment of faith. Give us this day our weekly, monthly bread. No. Daily bread. Lord, just help me by faith to trust you. Help me by faith that what I physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually need today, you're going to give it to me if I'll use it today. And the Bible is full of illustrations of, I've blessed you, I've given you this, I've, I've taught you these scriptures, I've asked you to witness to this person or that person. I want you to live by faith, trusting in me, not just by facts, but by faith. Sometimes I'm going to lead you out. It's going to be a difficult day. I just want you to trust me that it's going to be okay today. And what you do today, if you do your best, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live for God today. When I think about people in my life who've passed away... Almost always, I wish I could back up before they passed away and do some things a little better. There's always that goal. And yet, people tell us, old country songs teach us, don't ever let the sun go down without you doing what you know the best you can today. Tell your kids you love them today. You may not ever see them again. Tell your neighbors who you believe in. You may not ever see them this side of heaven and hell again. Do your best today. Don't worry about it. Don't get stressed about it. This is not the end. This is just a way to live by faith. And trust me. When we really trust God, we don't have to know what the future holds. Because we know who holds the future. And for me right now in our country and the things of this world... Man, that's a great, great knowledge. I, I look at grandkids, those above-average grandkids, and my heart breaks with what the world may be like for them. You know, when we're, when we're struggling with all the things that we're struggling with today, when culture is telling us that God messed up, and he, 
he made you a boy, but he really should have made you a girl or vice versa, or you ought to do this, you ought to do that. And we've forgotten the truths of this book. And culture is trying to teach us away from this book. And, and our kids sometimes need to, need to know that mom and dad, this is what we believe, but this is why we believe it, because God said it. It's not just because of what I said. This is what God says. And yes, we all make mistakes. And, and Jesus loves sinners, and we need to love sinners. We need to be concerned about them. We need to pray for them. Give us this day means that we're faithfully praying for people. It's not just saying, oh, sometime, Lord. It is today might be the last day, and I need to live for you today. I need to pray for you today. And I need to pray for others today. And I need to witness today. I don't need to wait till some other time or say, well, when, when Brother John gets healed up or when the deacons go or when the Sunday school leader goes, when God and His Spirit leads you, tell them about Jesus. If they understand, man, that's a blessing. If they don't, they didn't deny you. They didn't say no to you. They said no to an evil spirit. You need to keep Praying for them. Talked to my grandson not a couple of weeks ago. Well, I guess it was last weekend. We were talking about baseball averages, and he was kind of fussing because he didn't get on base every time he hit the ball. Every once in a while, the other team catches it. And I said, "That's all right, as long as you're hitting it, you know, or getting a good swing on it." And I asked him, I said, "What's a good average? What's a good baseball average for the pros?" And he's a Statistician, I'm telling you. He can tell you your name of the player, and he knows. And he said, well, 200, 300, you know, it's usually pretty good. Some people a little more. And I said, so that means, Preston, that 600 to 700 times that same batter failed to reach base. Yeah. I said, that's pretty good odds to get on base that. I said, that's kind of the way we are sometimes in our spiritual life. Sometimes we fail, but that's not that we don't get it up in the batter's box again. That means that we learn from it and we realize that God is going to bless us more often than not. So if you're witnessing to ten people and seven of them say no, don't feel bad. Three of them just made the greatest life-changing experience of their life. Keep praying for those other seven and figure out another way to do it. Keep doing it. Give us today, Lord, the faith to live for you. The Israelites gathered up manna for the day and God would provide for their needs tomorrow and he continues to do that for us. As I get older, sometimes I just, in my prayer, say, Lord, you, you know all things. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how to pray for this or that or whatever, but I, I trust you. I just want to say, I trust you. God, I trust you. And help me to, to be close to you so that when you're asking me to do something, I'm, I'm faithful in doing that. Now, should we plan for the future? Sure. One of these days, hopefully, you're going to get an earthly retirement. One of these days, you're going to get back all those millions that you've given to the government and all that kind of stuff. One of these days, you're, you're going to have times where you're, you, you don't have to get up at 8 o'clock and go to school or you don't have to be at work at 7 or whatever. And for those of us that have retired, and when you hear somebody say, I'm busier now than I ever was when I worked, uh, it's true. Most of us that are retired are probably busier now in some ways than we ever were 
when we were earthly working in a job. It's okay. Some of the things we get to choose what we do, and so it's neat. We need to, we need to plan for retirement. You need to be smart. You need to put things in the barn, so to speak, for future. If our country is going to run out of food, maybe you need to get an extra bag of rice or beans or peas or something, or extra can or something. I, I don't know. Put some extra water around. Don't get worried about it. Just plan for the future in that way and in retirement. Do, do smart things. But the best retirement plan is to do what God wants you to do. That's the best retirement plan. Because when he gets through with you here on earth, he's going to retire you to eternity in heaven. What a great, wonderful time that's going to be. We, we need to use what God gives us. Those of us who fail to be good stewards, we're selfish with our daily bread, may also exhibit failure in our faith life when it comes up to it. We, we fail to pray for the lost. We fail to meet the needs of a cup of cold water. We fail to do different things like we should. I teach a disaster relief chaplain's course sometimes this year, and it's a course that has some videos in it. One of the little videos is just so humorous. It's just so precious. And it's a little group of boys, and they're, they're sitting around, and they're all playing. Uh, and they have a little bitty girl, just the sweetest little blonde-headed girl you've ever seen. And this little bitty girl is bringing them a cup of cold water. And she gives it to each boy. And she gets a cup, and she goes back. You see her go through a doorway. And she, she comes back and forth, back and forth. And each little boy gets a cup of cold water. And they're just as happy as they can be. And then it shows where the little girl goes. And she doesn't go to the kitchen. She goes to the bathroom. And we all laugh. And we all think, oh my, oh my. How horrible. But you know, the truth of the matter is, she was doing what she needed to do the best she could do it. She needed to learn a little differently. I'm sure Mama and her brothers said, don't do that anymore. But she was doing the best that she could to love other people. Sometimes you and I don't go to the rough places of life, the smelly places of life, the difficult places of life. When God is telling us, that's where I want you to go, and I'll take care of you in that place. We see God give us everything we need, but now I'm really not going to pray for other people. I'm not going to pray that that other team might win the game if they're a better team. I just want to win. It's all about me, Lord. It's all about me and mine. And, and Lord, whatever you do, make sure they sing my music at church and make sure that preacher doesn't preach to me and make sure the, the truths or the, the things that I'm messing up, he, he doesn't say to me that, that these need to be changed. So many times we look at a God who wants to correct us and love us and, and discipline us. We say, oh God, don't do that. And God says, I love you too much to leave you that way. For our Father is in heaven. And he's holy. We need to hallow His name. 
It needs to be something that when the name of Jesus is said, it, it brings a great deal of pride and, and, and wonderment into our life that we say, that's my Savior. That's my Lord. That's the one that I pray to. That's the one that gives me everything that I need. And even when I don't have things that I need, sometimes I realize I really didn't need them in the first place. He's given me everything. God, you are holy. Allow your will to be done here in my life on earth the best that I can, just like it's going to be in heaven. So, Lord, today I'm going to pray a, a prayer that you give us what we need so we can be good stewards, so we can not be selfishness with the blessings of Jesus. And so that other people will see our faith in you. So that one day, they too may come to know Jesus Christ. Let's bow together and pray. Father, teach us to listen. Teach us to learn. Teach us to love. And Lord, teach us to live for you. We have much to learn. And so just as the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, Lord, we pray that you would teach us to be better communicators with you. And Father, whatever your spirit should say to each one of us today, I pray that we've heard that and we'll follow that. Some of us may not know you as our Lord and Savior. We know you are calling us in a sweet, sweet way to know and trust Jesus and just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing and we will have the opportunity to walk forward and ask questions. And all of this church will celebrate together with us just in, in learning more about you. Some of us may need to be members of this church and, and Lord, you're leading us here. Some of us may need to surrender to full-time Christian service. Some of us may need to ask for forgiveness for the way in which we have lived and, and not prayed for others and not prayed for the loss and not lived for you and Lord, we just need to recommit our life to new and afresh to you, our Father. So, Lord, this is your time to us. We thank you for it. Lead us and guide us to make the decisions that make you happy. For we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.